Hello, lovers, and welcome to the Nutrition Nuptials podcast. We have just a few announcements before we get into today's show. Congrats to all our newly engaged couples from over the holidays. If you're looking for some ways to get a jump on your health and wellness, check out the new Bride and Couple Starter Guide, Five Days of Meal Plans, Fitness, and Self-Care. In addition to a sample meal plan with a grocery list and beginner exercise plan, you'll learn how to create your own meal plan and track your self-care with your hydration, sleep, and stress management tracker. This is available for free now over at nutritionnuptials.com slash starter guide. And there will be a link to this in the show notes. Secondly, we are looking for couples with awesome stories to tell us about their health and wellness journeys. Maybe you got healthy for your wedding together, you ran a 5K as a couple, or you overcame a health scare. Whatever it is, we want to hear your story and share it. And that will happen over on the Nutrition Optials blog, Instagram. And if you want to join us here on the show, you can be on a double date with us on the podcast. If you have a story to share, big or small, email us at podcast at nutritionnuptials.com and tell us how you're living your best life ever together. And now on with today's show. It's the Nutrition Nuptials podcast with Taco and Mandy, where we're helping couples learn how to live their happily, healthfully ever after. Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Nuptials podcast, where we help couples go from a me to a we when it comes to their health and wellness goals. I'm your host, Mandy Enright, a registered dietitian who hates diets, and normally I'd be introducing you to my co-host, Taco, but as you heard back on episode seven, Taco travels a lot, and right now as you're listening to this episode, Taco is currently in India, so I hope he's having a great time out there for work, and he brings me back something really cool, which means today, the role of Taco will be played by yours truly. So again, normally I'd introduce myself, then I go, hey, here's my awesome co-host Taco, and then Taco goes, what's up? And then I say, Taco, how's it going? He goes, it's going good. And then we get into some banter, and then we get into today's show. Don't fear, though, Taco did join us for the interview with our couple that we had our double date with for our episode today, so you're not going to completely miss out on the Taco-ness. On today's show, we have a double date with a dietitian couple. Stephen and Elise Comstant are joining us from Reno. They are both registered dietitians. They're new parents. They're actually expecting parents with a high likelihood of a baby maybe even being born today as this episode gets released. And they are the voices behind the straight out of Comstant Kitchen food blog. So let's get on into it and let's chat with Stephen and Elise. And then if Taco were here, he'd be like, let's do it. So here we go. So Taco, guess what? What's up? We have a double date today. All right. And today's date is going all the way over to Reno, Nevada. I like the state, never been to Reno. I've been to Vegas many times. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a little different. I already got, I already got a disapproving... <laughs> Hey, it's okay. I grew up there. So. I like to call Las Vegas just Eastern California. Uh, gotcha. Okay. I can see that. <laughs> well, fair enough. So I'm pretty stoked because today I have not just one dietitian, but two. This is our very first husband and wife dietitian couple that we have on the show today. 
And very exciting. We have Stephen and Elise Compston, who are both registered dietitians. They are also new parents, and they are the voices behind the Straight Outta Compston Kitchen blog. So welcome, Stephen and Elise. I have to first say, I think I found you guys on Instagram, and I am just a sucker for a good Instagram handle name. <laughs> well, we had to give all credit to Stephen, who created the Straight Out of Comston when we were actually pregnant with our baby. <laughs> <laughs> our son, um, Straight Out of Comston, twenty seventeen. So, right. Yeah. So then that just morphed into something a little more, uh, <laughs> well, a little more user friendly for the blog. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when that, that's when the first one dropped. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's easy with that last name. Just find something that had Compton in it. And, yeah. uh, I mean, I grew up listening to, to hip-hop, so why not? And if my math is right, it was you, you were probably having a child around the time the movie came out, straight out of Compton, right? Pretty Maybe close. Yeah. yeah. Pretty close, yeah. All right, so it all came together. Awesome. <laughs> so were you a big NWA fan growing up? You know, I grew up in rural Nevada, and so it was oh. it was weird to to be listening to hip hop there. But yeah, I mean, Dre Dre's my favorite of all time. So yeah, that was that was the soundtrack of the teenage years. It's like you grew up with me in South Jersey. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I always love watching like the the documentaries. Like we we got obsessed with on CNN. They have like the decade shows where it's like the eighties, the nineties. <laughs> yeah. I think in the nineties they have a whole episode dedicated to nineties music and they talk about hip hop and the whole um, West coast hip hop mm-hmm. movement. And then they were saying how like one of their biggest markets was like kids from rural middle America that had never been to Compton. And I remember seeing one thing where it's like the kids, like, I think Compton sounds like an amazing place. <laughs> I knew better. I knew that. I knew better. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't under any kind of uh, false pretenses on that one. It's definitely yeah. a place I didn't want to go. But that's Cle- a- clearly, he did not listen to the lyrics. It's <laughs> yeah. a questionable decision. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Personally, if I was going to have an NWA member over, I'd want to have Ice, ice cube, cube. Ice Cube, because I just think he'd be like a great dinner guest to have. <laughs> Oh, completely. I think completely. I think have some great dinner conversations there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So Stephen and Elise, tell us a little bit about your backstory. How did you guys meet? So I uh, volunteered at diabetes camps for quite a few years as a preceptor um, after I graduated from my dietetic internship. And at one um, diabetes camp, I happened to meet young Elise here. Luckily, she was stationed in Reno, um, where I was living, and we are still living. And we just hung out and hit it off. And we started dating about a month after your (laughs) internship ended. That was our child. That was not a monster. <laughs> just wanted to growl. I was going to ask if Elise was a camper or 
No, she was in her internship. No, uh, yes. She graduated college. Yes, definitely on staff, but I guess food was the, the common thread mm-hmm. for us. So, and then still is to this day. Absolutely. <laughs> now, did you guys go through similar internship programs or did you come from different programs? Uh, the same, same program, just yeah. different years. Nice. You guys got mm-hmm. to swap war stories together. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> give me tips <laughs> help yeah. me out here no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course we all know it's like fend for yourself and you know just power through but <laughs> yeah we always joked in an internship it was kind of like if you ever pledged a fraternity or sorority where it's something that nobody else will understand unless right they've, they've been through it with you yep and there are times where you feel like you're getting hazed yes. so that's accurate <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah i don't know i always joke and i say that internship trained me really well to make handouts yes <laughs> yes yep handouts and how to write shorthand and notes that was yeah all all that told me how to read doctor because in my internship I was at um, a location that was still charting by hand and so I had to learn how to read doctor in a short amount of time we actually have a lesson in that when I like one of my first weeks in dietetic internship was they put something I think it was actually on an overhead projector and they and and this wasn't even like 100 years ago this was like five four or five years ago at this point and they like put this thing up and it's like, can you read what this says? And we're just like, oh my gosh, nope. <laughs> I think he's dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how far we have come with electronic charting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now people don't have to get the reading doctor lesson. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so from the sounds of things, it sounds like you guys hit it off pretty well and pretty quickly after that fateful diabetes camp experience. We didn't mess around. We, we dated, I think think for about 10 months and then Stephen popped the question and four months later we were married we figured you know we're we're adults we we know what we want and let's just get started on on this marriage thing so we have uh, didn't mess around with that yep someone wants to be heard yeah yeah he, uh, he, i think he's just yelling at elmo he's of course BFF, so uh, elmo's yeah. pretty scary <laughs> we were hanging with Elmo a lot this past weekend with our nieces and nephews over. Yeah. He he can be a little creepy. Just a little sketchy. Yeah. A little bit. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even think Shiva wanted anything to do with Elmo. <laughs> well, sometimes the we've got one of those tickle me Elmo dolls, and I swear sometimes it'll go off on its own. You're like nobody touched it. Mm-hmm. No, those uh, things are frightening. Yeah. 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 That is a that is a, a creation of, of the devil right there. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy tickle me Elmo. Um, okay, so yeah, you guys had a, a pretty whirlwind romance there. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was quick. We knew, you know, we weren't getting any younger and uh, we weren't gonna all of a sudden be making millions to have this, you know, crazy, you know, Princess Diana wedding or anything. So we just mm-hmm. went for it. Yeah. And I think we had both previously been in long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you kind of know what you're looking for and what you're not. And so when we met, it just clicked. It was like, yep. All right. This is, this is right. There's Mm -hmm. no need to to second guess anything. So you guys. be weird and fun and yell and just be crazy because. Yeah. Uh, that's who I am. And she totally accepted it. And I was like, all right, let's play video games and <laughs> and eat gummy worms sometimes. And uh, yeah, yeah, and that's what we did. Nice. So you guys each checked off each other's boxes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And just asking, because I know you guys are based in Nevada. 
was this, did you guys have like a formal wedding or was it a more informal, uh, going to the chapel, getting married type of wedding? You know, it was, it was kind of a half and half. So as Steven kind of alluded to, we, you know, for me, fresh from my internship and Steven just a few years into working, we didn't exactly have the salaries to provide a huge elaborate thing. Um, but I, I still wanted to have some sort of traditional ceremony and reception. So I think we, we kind of appeased all sides there. And of course for families, um, but yeah, it was probably about a hundred. Yeah, we got married in our, in our church and then had a reception at um, one of the casinos actually. It was amazing. They took care of everything. We didn't have to set anything up. We didn't have to tear anything down. All we had to do was taste cake, choose our cake and choose what food we wanted. That was, that was all we good, had. Casinos are good at throwing parties. Yeah, they absolutely. Sure are. <laughs> it, was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. I, w- I recommend it to everyone. I'm yep. like, if you don't want to have to worry about the details, just do this. Yeah. If the worst thing that you have to do is worry about what your cake is, then that sounds like the most fantastic wedding planning anyone could ever be doing. It exactly. Was. And, and they baked us three, like, nine-inch cakes or whatever, and uh, we only took one bite out of each, and then they, they sent us all the cake home with us just wow. from our tasting so like cake's my favorite food in the world my second favorite hamburgers and fries are my first favorite <laughs> but cake's my second favorite so i was i was just happy for like a month <laughs> <laughs> wait until i blow your mind with uh there's a bakery near us that does a hamburger cake it's cake it just looks like a hamburger love it Love it. And it actually tastes good because sometimes the pretty cakes don't taste good. Yeah. It's yeah. all that fondant. Yeah. 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 No, that this is, is this is like legit, like good. I think it's actually whipped cream frosting that they do mm. and decorate it. So um, somehow I'll have to figure out how to ship one out. Steven's to you guys. Guys. <laughs> we will we will pay for, for all of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just send it. Come to the Jersey Shore and eat some hamburger cake. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Done. You guys have this whirlwind relationship you get married now were you guys living together prior to getting married or at what point did, did that whole merging kind of come come together Go ahead, babe. you got it um we it was almost at the same time of the wedding i because i you know in your internship you live with your parents um or <laughs> friends who can exactly. support you so I had moved up here from Los Angeles and was living with my parents. And as I got closer to the wedding, I started just beginning that transition because mm-hmm. there's nothing like getting ready for your wedding while hanging out, you know, with your parents and your grandma in the living room. So yeah, yeah we started that just it's a few as, months. That's awkward as prom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I already had a, a one bedroom apartment I was living in. So she just, just moved in and it worked out. Yeah. And Stephen, how long did you have bachelor life for? Oh, a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> I know that how that I, transition goes. How, well, how old was I when, I got, when we got married? 30, 31? 30, 32, no, 32, I think. 32. What year did we get married? <laughs> yeah, 32. I just kidding. I just kidding. 32. Yeah, so I, I had some years. Yeah, I had some years. Just I knew how to do things on my own. Me and my cat have a little have a little cat, so um, she was my homie, and then and then we had to to make room for mama cat. So, <laughs> so what were some skills you developed in your bachelor days? I learned how to um, do my laundry appropriately. My friends are always amazed that, like, when I played softball, that my white pants were still white. And they're always like, "How do you do that?" I'm like, "I do my laundry. I don't I don't know how you don't do it." 
Um, and, you know, just uh, learn how to cook for one. So when I have a patient that, you know, is, you know, has lost a loved one or something, they're like, I, you know, I have to cook for one. And I don't really want to. I can completely empathize with them and then help them out. I wasn't great with cleaning. I think I'm just a typical guy, except for the kitchen. Like, I'm super crazy about my kitchen. I want that to be clean because that's where my food is being prepped. But everything else is just not yeah, great. Yeah, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Until it bothers you. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, and it doesn't matter that it bothers anybody else because you're the only person that it matters to. Exactly. Yes, yes. The cat doesn't care. Right. Yeah, the cat didn't. I've been, I cleaned I cleaned her her litter box. She she that's all she wanted. Right. So, all right. As long as as long as the cat's world didn't change too badly when things change, oh, yeah. then it's all no, good. She she had to adjust a little bit because she was used to sleeping right next to me, and then she had to get used to. And sleeping. what that means is that she would peer out from like the doorway, looking at me. You know, like, are you gone yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. And then when Elise came in and came into your, your world and your life and your apartment. What were some big things that you guys kind of had to work on and adjust as you merged those lifestyles together? You know, I, I don't think we had a huge difficulty adjusting because we, we, we came in and told each other our expectations. So um, nothing was unspoken. And then we were let down by something that wasn't unspoken, you know? And, and so it was like, I told her, hey, I don't like cleaning the bathroom. I love cleaning the kitchen. And so, you know, it was like, hey, she said, I'll clean the bathroom. And so we had a, a clean place, you know, and we, yeah. I don't mind vacuuming. It's okay. I'll do that every once in a while. And so we would, we would just kind of share the duties and it, and it, you know, dishes and cooking. And it was just whatever we could do to kind of just be a team. That's what we've always said is we're a team. So, you know, how can I help you here or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, and it worked out because thankfully, as Stephen said, you know, the things that he disliked, I really didn't mind and vice versa. You know, when we're finishing up a meal, he'll get right on dishes. I'm like, I just want to sit for a minute and kind of let my food settle. And now it's, you know, making sure the baby's not chucking food across the room. Um, and that's when Stephen does the dishes. And so it really has been awesome that everything is just kind of worked out and we each have our, our duties, so to speak, but we don't, you know, seem to mind them. Were there some, some big things that you guys had to discuss when you first got together as far as like, I guess, ground rules go or uh, what you were agreeing on? I think a big one was probably budget. Mm -hmm. um, you know, budget is such a big deal, especially when you have the student loans and then you're, you're merging two incomes and you're used to paying for things on your own or paying for bills and groceries. And so that was probably a really big one for us. Um, and we got some great advice about using Mint or Mint.com, I guess, and mm -hmm. uh, sort of putting everything that we spend, every penny that we make, mm -hmm. um, and just getting organized on that. And then that way we couldn't sort of point finger at, well, hey, yeah. why did we spend, you know, this much on groceries this month or this much on gas? And it just helped us be accountable to that. I think that was some of the best advice we got in our premarital counseling was get your budget, and then if you can't afford something, you're not mad at either one. of I'm not mad at her. She's not mad at me. We're mad at the budget, mm -hmm. which is something that, you know, whatever. Can't really get mad at it or can't punish, right. can't punish it. You're mad together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, that was, that was um, great advice. I mean, that, I'm sure that saved hundreds of fights, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And then um, with the Mint, I guess um, it's an app that you guys 
like you share. So if you put something in, it'll update on Steven's end or Lisa's end or vice Mm -hmm. versa. Exactly. And you can link uh, like everything from our student loans and bank accounts and credit cards and then property. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, All that. It's your whole life. Yeah. It's kind of of scary when you're like, here, let me give you all my logins to everything and you can have it (laughs) all so you can track all this stuff. Um, but it's been a really useful tool for yeah. us. So that sounds like really great advice. So we talked about you guys got your financial advice. Now, how about overall health and wellness and, and fitness? I mean, obviously you guys are are dietitians, but I'm not saying that that automatically means that you're yeah, perfect, perfect in every <laughs> single way. So how does nutrition and, and fitness and, and overall wellness fit into your your relationship, your home, your overall culture? So I I, I think that. That was easy for us to meld as well because we both believe the same things, that any food is okay to eat as long as you can eat it in the right amount. And so, you know, we didn't have to clash like, well, I believe in keto and I believe in, you know, this over here. You know, we didn't, we didn't have to clash those things. And so I think it's just evident in the way that we eat. You know, there's, we posted pictures of pizza mm-hmm. um, that we may eat on a weekend because it's delicious or there's a, a, a picture of Elise, I think it was the weekend before our son was born and we were in the In-N-Out drive-thru and she had a milkshake sitting on her belly and she's <laughs> drinking the milkshake. Uh, it's one of my favorite photos of all time. But um, yeah, I think that just we're not hard on one another. We don't mm-hmm. dietitian each other like, oh man, you think you should be eating that? Sometimes I'll joke with her about, uh, uh, you know, she's pregnant and um, I'll say, well, I'm your dietitian. You need to listen to me, you know, just say silly things like that. But we just try to encourage one another, especially with yeah. exercise, you know, do races together. Well, yeah. and I think too, and we always tell clients this is that we may not be at the same place, you know, when mm-hmm. like from the fitness side, Steven is a much better runner than I am. Like I am one of those slow and steadies and he's one of those who's placing, you know, for, <laughs> for speed. And so we can train together at times, um, but we still support each other, even if we're not running that same race or that same speed. And I think that kind of translates over into the nutrition too. It's, it's supportive. Uh, we're not cutting each other down. Um, I will say it was such a breath of fresh air when I first met Steven though, because <laughs> he already had such good eating habits. And so it wasn't something, you know, in the past where you really try to encourage those in your life to just like eat better. Would you eat something green? And he already had good eating habits. I I remember telling a girlfriend, he eats Greek yogurt. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've I've developed a taste for it myself. Over time. time. I, I, I don't think that was my influence. Yeah, sure it was. Oh, was? Yeah, because you brought it into the house. Oh, and it was okay. Like the only, <laughs> and like at first, you know, the, I think a, a lot of people have the same reaction to it, especially if you've only had one type of yogurt before in your entire life. You right. have it, and it's like, ooh, this is different, and I'm not sure I really like it. But then if there's nothing else in the house, and Mandy does most of the uh, grocery shopping, so you end up, okay, fine, let me try it. Okay, this isn't so bad. Okay, I can try yeah. this variety. Or I, I think it helped when uh, Chobani came out. I don't think they make it anymore, but Chobani came out with these flavors. They had like a mint chocolate chip one. Oh, yeah. They had maybe like a banana. There was like a raspberry chocolate one. They don't make them anymore, yeah. and I don't know why. And I would start bringing those home. And for a while, he's like, do not bring me any other yogurt into this house <laughs> other than those. And he would purposely write on the shopping list, tasty yogurt. <laughs> like, okay. And then I had to start breaking the news to him. I'm like, babe, I, I can't find it. 
Yeah, so oh, I think that no. was my gateway. That was my gateway Greek yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you were forced to learn how to adapt right. to other right. other. Yeah. That's yeah. rough. So for you, it was easy. Stephen already had the good eating habits, and yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to dietitian him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Have to, I've had I've had guys I've counseled like corporate wellness guys, twenty something year olds, and like all they eat oh, is yeah. pizza and chicken fingers and French fries. Like I was like, do the vegetable? He's like, well, does tomato sauce count? Because I eat that yeah, on right. pizza. It counts in the schools. Yeah. So oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Now I know what it's like when Taco and I go out. Maybe we're out oh. with another couple. We're out at a party and. You know, God forbid it comes up. I'm a dietitian and everyone's like covering their plate now because there's two of you. How do people react to that? It's like, oh, my God, there's there's two of them staring at my my food now or my plate or two (laughs) people I can ask questions to. Actually, I kind of feel like it's the other way around. People look at my plate. I eat a lot of food. I need a lot of calories. And so I eat a lot of food. And I've been judged by people that. Um, and, and, and have told others that I don't eat like a dietitian because of the quantity that I eat. You know, they see me eat 1% of the time mm-hmm. and I just eat a large quantity. And so they just assume that that's how I eat. So I don't get a lot of um, people like, oh my gosh, he's going to judge me because typically I'm right alongside of them, you know, having the burger and fries or something like that. And I think that's the other thing is when we go out, we go out to eat stuff that we're not making at home. And so it's not the typical food. And I think what Steven said is that the judgment is more reserved probably in the workplace or mm-hmm. uh, like if our friends get together and have like a potluck or something and they, they expect that you're going to be bringing the salad or whatever. Yeah. Well, we bring like black bean brownies and stuff like that to those. Nice. So you still, you still infuse a little bit of, of health, but like fun, fun healthiness. Yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. And, and, you know, when, when our friends tried the black bean brownies for the first time, they were really skeptical and they tried them. They're like, you need to bring these every single time. <laughs> yeah. So now we are officially on dessert duty, which yeah. is good because we don't care about bringing the salads. All the time. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> now, are you allowed to bring any other dessert or it's just the black bean brownie or don't come at all? That's pretty much the the request most often. Yeah, I think you you made oh you made your cupcakes with the vinegars in them the the flavored vinegars. Oh yeah, Those balsamic. Well. Yeah, yeah you, so you can use flavored balsamics as an extract. So there's like a dark uh, raspberry balsamic, and so I did dark chocolate raspberry muffins, and those are pretty. Those were the runner up, I think. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about the blog. So as a as a podcasting couple to a blogging couple, when did you guys decide to start the blog and what was some of the inspiration for it? You know, the idea for the blog was probably years back. Um, and again, my background is in recipe development. I worked for food companies in Los Angeles and um, developed menus and different recipes for programs. And so that, that was really my passion. And when Steven and I met, we actually used to always say, gosh, bucket list item. We want to open a food truck one day. Like if we could do anything and money wasn't an issue, we'd open a food truck, we'd have our menus and we'd just knock it out. And after our son was born, you know, you have a lot of time where you're sitting and nursing and doing all that. And we talk about food every week when we're doing our regular meal planning. And we thought, you know, we get so many requests from friends and from clients who say, can you just share your recipe? If you just had a place where we could go and get those recipes, that would be really helpful. And so rather than sending it via text or scribbling it on a piece of paper, then we had this compiled place where people could just go and have this resource. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so how, how does, how does the um, division of labor work with the blog? Uh, who does the, I'm assuming at least because you said you have the background in recipe development, like do you come up with the recipes? Who does the testing? You know, in my, in, our, in my world, it's like, I do all the testing or, and, you know, I come up with recipes and everything, but then he has to eat it all. And give that's me, quality control. Give me his honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I say that's pretty similar to, to what what goes on. Um, I try to help her out with ideas. But she's doing most of the cooking, um, and I do a lot of the tasting. Yeah, and it works out well. And it, you know, we have so many recipes too that just don't even that have yet to make it to the blog. Where Stephen's like, "Oh gosh, remember that one we made that mm-hmm. one time?" And so it's sort of this ongoing list that we just keep trying to knock out bit by bit. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. I have napkins with things scribbled on them. I'm like, someday I'm going to post this. And someday exactly. <laughs> someday yeah. I'll make it and take better pictures and oh, yeah. things to be yeah. in drafts. So I, I totally hear you. Now, Stephen, do you do any of the cooking as well? Or are you primarily uh, just the uh, the cheering squad? I've, I've done a bit of the cooking as well. Um, there's a couple of the recipes that I've come up with just as a bachelor and stuff. Just the recipe for the breakfast sausages I just came up with um, as a bachelor, just grinding my own chicken breast and then seasoning it and putting it uh, on George Foreman grill. So yeah, pretty much anything that requires grilling. <laughs> yeah. Meat grilling. He's, he's our guy for that. He's got the, he's got the skills and, and the taste buds for it. Yes. <laughs> oh, Steven, yeah. you're like my brother from another mother, man. You, <laughs> you're the king of the grill. You uh, and the cake. Yeah. The, yeah. And you, you've got you while you were a bachelor, you had the George Foreman grill. I gotta say though, I'm really impressed with the meat grinder because that's something I don't think my, many bachelors have. Oh yeah, I I, uh, I had a KitchenAid. I still have KitchenAid mixer mixer and got the meat grinder attachment. Yeah, that's, that's next level. That's stuff. that's, so, that's yeah. pretty amazing because I cannot think of many guys I know that own a KitchenAid. He didn't even have a can opener in his bachelor pad. Well, I'm telling you, the Greek things. the Greek yogurt was just a peek inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you ha- you have to remember, I had 32 years to acquire things. When I was a 22 year old, I did not have a KitchenAid mixer. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and I bet you, I bet you're like, my mom bought it for me. <laughs> That's how I got into crockpots. <laughs> it it is. You're like, my yeah. mom got it for me for Christmas one year, so we're gonna crockpot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, actually, because if you, I'd never had crockpot. I'd never had anything in the slow cooker before, before I met you. Wow. I didn't realize wow. it was so influential. No. You're up on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So at least I had that going for me. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, <laughs> yes. your, your bachelorness infused into our right. home life That's right. as well. Right. <laughs> what would you say was your best bachelor meal, Stephen? My best bachelor meal? The turkey. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's embarrassing to admit. Yeah, that's funny, huh? I ate a lot of canned tuna and mac and cheese for sure. That's that was my jam. Gosh. Like the, are we talking like the craft mac and cheese? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cheap I, I definitely went through that. I had my share of the blue box myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I think as I got older, I guess my you could say my palate expanded, but. Um, Oh, I did a lot of like I would make like a chicken Caesar salad because it was super easy. George Foreman grill, yeah. um, butterfly chicken breast. So I got two chicken breasts, season them, you know, grilled for five minutes or whatever it took, and then uh, throw it on a salad, and I'm all good. So that was probably my best because it was very simple. And I did it a lot. Gotcha. That, yeah. that that probably trumps my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and. Uh... 
<laughs> Tuna yeah. fish sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PB&J is still close to my heart. <laughs> it's still a favorite lunch every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And now in your in your home, um, how do you guys have your own division of labor with who does food shopping? Um, I know you guys are super, super big on, on meal planning. And I definitely want to talk about that as well. So how do you divide some of those roles and responsibilities in your home? So we're the ultimate dietitian nerds in that we actually love grocery shopping and we get sad if we are not able to shop together. And that's sort of our Friday evening thing as a family. Um, we looked forward to it before our son was born. And now that he's born, he's just part of the fun. I don't know why we enjoy it so much, uh, but maybe it's because it's in our minds, it's like this organization of the food and what we've got. Um, and then when it comes to the meal planning, we plan that out probably on Thursday nights. We just kind of <laughs> think about what, what we want to have on the menu. And then with the cooking during the week, it's really who, whoever's available. So if Steven has a later night, I'll be in charge. We try and pick two to three meals and then make that last for a couple of nights of the week so that we're not having to cook from scratch every night because that's just ridiculous. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I 100% agree that that is not that is not ideal. And it's not realistic for most people these days. Yeah, unless you're the pickiest of eaters and refuse to ever eat a leftover. It just mm. doesn't make sense yeah, we, for a lot of people. I, we live on leftovers. Yeah. Do you have a leftover threshold? Because for taco, it's like we cannot have a meal more than, I guess, one round? No, no, no. It's two, a, two go around? No, no more than two. Two I can do. Once it gets to the third one, especially if it's consecutive nights, it's like I've lost interest, no matter how good it is. We, we avoid consecutive nights, but I've been, been known to have Elise make um, her meatloaf three weeks in a row, and that would make me like <laughs> three meals each week. So And now we're on stroganoff in the same sort of trend. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and the funny thing is that we, we typically will make the same lunch for the entire week. So I guess you could say five days would be that threshold because <laughs> if we make a stew or soup, whatever it is, you know, casserole, that's, that's going to be for five days. Mm-hmm. So I think part of that too is like, again, talking to your significant other and be like, okay, like at what point are you going to throw this at me? <laughs> yeah. 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 You gotta, you gotta know your, know your partner. Right. Yes. So Mandy's learned how to cook for four, even though we're only two. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But on, on the same way, like I'm, I want to make one mess and live off that yeah. mess for at least one or two nights or another night and lunch or however it's going to be divided up because we just don't have time to be in the kitchen all day long. Yep. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing too, I think with batch cooking is that let's say, you know, let's say I get tired of my meatloaf or it's stroganoff. Well, I know that I can rely on Steven to finish that up later in the week. So it's not like we both have to have that same meal. We often don't mm-hmm. eat the same thing every night. Um, like I said, we typically plan two to three meals throughout the week, but then we have a couple nights where we just call them scrounge nights. And that was such a I think mind blowing moment for so many of our clients because they would say, but what if, what if I want to eat this? And, you know, my husband wants to eat this. I said, eat what you want. You know, we, we were in charge of our own meals that night. Maybe Steven wants a steak and I had a huge lunch. So I just want something light. We just plan um, and fend for ourselves and it really works out well. And there's no expectation that we have to, yeah. You know, so we have, have to be to cooking. The same. Yeah. yeah. I hear that a lot from, uh, especially my female patients that, aren't getting great support from their husbands mm-hmm. and they're like, well, he just wants to eat meat and potatoes and I want to eat something else. And then just make your own meal and make him 
eat something else then. Yeah. Because yeah. his choices don't impact your health unless you let them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I 100% agree. And I've heard that over the time as well. And especially for more of the older generations, I would say that as yes. well, where it's, you know, yes. the men are, you know, not to stereotype, but yeah. the men are very much in their meat and potatoes and they don't want anything green or colorful or none of right. that quinoa stuff that yes. you're trying to make me have. Yes. Nothing weird, nothing, nothing that they don't know. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, brown. Just, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> what I grew up eating. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah, and I agree. Exactly. And I, I do find a lot of the, the women as well where I, I think they're more likely. And I think too, it also becomes a little bit of a challenge where maybe the man is the one who's having the health concern. The woman's mm-hmm. the one who's doing the cooking. She has a, a higher, I think, vested interest because she knows that it's the meals that she's making that he's eating that can impact his health. Mm-hmm. So she right. feels a lot more like responsible for, for what he's going to yeah. be having. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll never forget. I had a client and she, she and her husband were in her seventies and it was the sort of thing. I think she actually had the, the health, health issues. And so she was wanting to eat a little bit better. The husband didn't want to budge. And I recommended, well, Hey, why don't you, you know, make your own? Or I said, Hey, how about you have him pitch in? And she just started laughing. She goes, that would never happen. (laughs) So yeah. No, I love the, I like the scrounge night concept. I like that. That is part of the plan. Yeah, we plan plan to, you know, kind of have things up in the air or to mm-hmm. just have that freedom. And of course, you know, we always have sort of those go-tos on hand. So things in the freezer, things in the pantry, things in the fridge where, you know, okay, I decide I want pasta. It's something that I can still throw together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's why we're big on just, we call them like the pantry essentials. Yep. I've always got some sort of protein in the freezer just mm-hmm. in case. Usually beef, um, so truth. Um, but that just sits in the freezer for, you know, scrounge night if I need it or an emergency thing so I don't run down the street to Jack in the Box to get a burger. I'll just grill my own. Right. So you guys are like totally after my own heart with the meal planning, the meal prepping. What are some of your biggest tips that you give to, whether it's people you counsel or, or friends or, or on your blog, what are some of your biggest piece of advice that you give people who are looking to maybe learn how to meal plan a little bit better, how to plan out their meals a little bit better. Um, And I know you guys are big on prepping too. So what Mm -hmm. are some good getting started tips for folks? So I I think starting off with a small goal, a reasonable goal, um, kind of understanding they're not going to go from, let's say, um, prepping no meals to seven meals, you know, and and so having that, um, I like to call them, and I can't, I can't take credit for this idea. I heard this from a pastor in Montana named Levi Lesko. Uh, Setting goals that are too small to fail. Hmm. And so um, the idea behind that is you set a goal too small to fail, you'll achieve it very easily. And then that'll motivate you to continue on and keep improving and keep improving. So if someone's not prepping at all, I'll typically ask them, can you cook one night a week? And if you cook enough, then you just meal prepped for two nights. And, And so just starting there with like, hey, on one of your days off, can you take an hour and prep whatever's going to take the longest to cook, your protein or whatever it's going to be? And I think that's the first step is having an, uh, a reasonable expectation for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think another one is people get really overwhelmed with the idea of meal planning um, or they think, okay, I have to batch cook. Well, I don't want leftovers or I don't want that much food or 
that just seems like so much to have to coordinate. And so maybe it's just, maybe you're batch cooking brown rice <laughs> to, you know, to be able to have for a quick meal or it's a protein. I had kind of have this saying, cook once, eat thrice. And I always mm-hmm. say, do that for your proteins. And so you could cook up, you know, whip out that George Foreman grill and cook up a bunch of chicken breasts. Well, you can do your you know, Caesar salad one night and you can do chicken sandwiches another night and a stir fry another night, but you've got options and you're not stuck. Um, and in that way, you don't feel like you have to devour 10 pounds of chili just because you found that recipe on Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I call it role playing with the food. So finding some new ways that yes. you can enjoy that same item, but in different ways. Nice. Exactly. There's, there's dinner things we've had and they've shown up in at breakfast. Uh-huh. And different yeah. ways to, to play with it. So I think it's it's good to teach people that there's there's other ways you can utilize food items. You don't necessarily have to have it just in its perfectly grilled chicken form. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. There's, there's no rules. So, I mean, eat dinner foods, quote unquote, for breakfast. Like, eat breakfast foods for dinner. That's my favorite meal. Oh, yeah. Brenner? Oh, my yes. gosh. Brenner's the best. What's your favorite Brenner? Yeah. Well, I want pancakes and bacon. Yeah. So Turkey bacon. Sometimes we do a hash... Um, a hash is another favorite yeah. one, but pancakes is mm-hmm. nine times out of 10 for sure. Yep. We have Kodiak cakes and some turkey bacon. For a long time. Okay. <laughs> I, I, will put that I know what all of us are having yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going on, it's going on the plan. Now, yeah. do you guys, now, cause often like I plan things, you don't necessarily always have input right. on it. Like, do you guys kind of talk about what you want in your meal plan for the week? We, we kind of have some staples like. Um, we do drumsticks every week, chicken drumsticks, because they're super cheap. So it saves us money. And so we we know we're always going to buy that. But then it's like, okay, what else do you want to do? Like what other big meal do you want to make this this week? Yeah. And, you know, like I said, we always do keep those at least staple items. Like, we know, every week we're going to be getting you know, bananas and yogurt and eggs and this and that. You know, even if we don't have specific, because sometimes we go to the grocery store and we haven't figured out what we're going to be doing this- Besides our drumsticks for dinner, we at least have some of those basics mm-hmm. on hand. Mm-hmm. As dietitians, when you go grocery shopping, I tend to be very like distracted because I like to look at new things and what's what's the new things and trends and, and all that. Like, do you do you tend to stay more on like focused on the on the list, or are you like, oh, there's a new snack or a new roasted chickpea or a new whatever out? You know, that really depends on which one of us you're asking. <laughs> so. I like to look, I like to spend my time. I could hang out in the grocery store, you know, Trader Joe's has coffee samples. So I just stick around that little section. I love hanging out. Um, Steven is very much like he's, he's pedaled to the metal. He's got a mission. He's got the list and he usually knocks through the list and I'm still at like the first stage of the grocery store. Oh yeah. She's, she's standing in the produce aisle and I've gone and got everything else that's on the list. I shop with a purpose. Right. Goal orientation. Yeah. Yeah. And that is exactly why we do not go grocery shopping together. (laughs) Because same thing, we'll like split the list. He's like, okay, I'm going to like do all these things. And like, you get this. And then he'll come back to me in like five seconds with everything in hand. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm shopping, trying to find the perfect, you know, head of lettuce or (laughs) right. Or Or sometimes a great deal on something. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I've been wanting to make a recipe with kohlrabi i don't know you know and so you you just get that inspiration and you want to 
I'm getting a look. Like, oh, I heard about this on Inst- I saw this on Instagram. I want to read. I want I'm to already in the dairy section. I've come through the freezers and I find many stolen produce. Yeah. He's like yeah. standing online at, at the checkout. Like, where are you? Yeah. I'm online. I'm letting people go ahead of me. I give you one thing to do. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why now I'm glad our grocery store now has a liquor store attached to it. So right. like, I'm like, okay, give me everything you got. Go next door. Go do wine tasting with john or whatever his name is at, right. at, at wegmans who likes to do the wine samplings on the weekend so that's awesome yeah. so like the coffee yeah but, yeah you know exactly wine. so a happy place it's a good it's a good way to coordinate if uh if, if maybe you don't have similar grocery shopping styles <laughs> yes definitely it is possible <laughs> And uh, I love you had uh, you had mentioned uh, to me as well that, you know, you guys talk so much about teamwork and, and working together, even if it's not necessarily lockstep in everything that you do, finding ways to work together. And you, you said something to me about, um, you know, no one really has an excuse to not participate in their their role and their work at, at home. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. I wouldn't say that that we necessarily have set jobs, you know what I mean? Like hey, you're always going to do this. You're always going to do this. You know, it's, hey, yeah, I like to clean the kitchen, but if I'm not feeling well or if I'm like, I just need to shower before I touch anything because I just feel gross from the day, like Elise picks me up. And so we just compliment mm-hmm. one another, I guess you could say, in that. Would you say that's Yeah. That's well, and after, after we had our son, I had a really intense recovery and so I was pretty much out of commission for probably like six weeks where I couldn't, I couldn't do it much of anything um, besides just lay. I think what is also important and it kind of alludes back to what we we're talking about with clients where maybe it's one person, one man for themselves um, is that even if those typical roles are, you know, Stephen does the, this and I do the this, you know, Stephen really took over doing everything. He did the cooking, he did the cleaning. And, you know, for me, it was having to get comfortable with knowing, okay, this is temporary, but also kind of accepting that help. And for Stephen, just really stepping up and, and taking that on himself. Nice. And then for, um, for people who may say like, hey, you know, what? I, I don't cook. It's not my thing. You know, there might be other people who, if they were in a situation, they would be ordering out every single night. It's kind of the same thing when people say, I can't sing. I truly believe everyone can sing. I had a... You got a singer right there. No, there you go. go. A little snack there. Um, I had a college roommate who had this amazing, amazing voice. And she did not consider herself a singer, but she would just belt her lungs out to Celine Dion. And I just absolutely loved it. And I kind of put that over in the same sense with... I think everyone can prepare some sort of food for themselves. It does not have to be fancy. It just needs to work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that bachelor lifestyle can actually work for everyone. You know, do you have your basic protein? Do you have, do you have some pasta water or pasta and do you have some tuna? Great. Do you have a frozen veggie? Perfect. That works. You know, we don't have to get fancy or crazy and it's just bringing it back down to the basics. You know, blogging is fun because you can get really creative but you don't have to be extreme and you certainly don't have to be a chef um, to make it happen. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point too, because a lot of times, you know, one of the big things people complain about when you talk to them about cooking their own meals and eating, eating healthy. And the first thing is, well, it's too expensive. And I think the other thing too, that I think is a great point you brought up is that people think it has to be something 
super photographic that everyone's making. It has to be, you know, delicious and and everything has to come fresh from scratch. And like you mentioned, you can have frozen protein, you can have frozen vegetables, you can make it all happen, whatever works for you and your lifestyle and your skill set still can put together a healthy meal. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, that's actually the one drawback. I love the Food Network, but I think that's the one drawback Mm -hmm. as a Food Network, because if you look at like recipes on the Food Network site, you need 97 ingredients and it's going to take you seven weeks to make one dish. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think that's ex- expectations that people have, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I agree. And every now and then when I, I do come across a recipe on Food Network I want to make, there's always one ingredient. I'm like, where, Did you where yeah. do I find this? But it's not even like one I don't own. It's just like it's something I've never heard of before. And then we're taking yeah. special trips to like the Asian market or something to, to find right. it because right. it doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I think that's a great point that you, you brought up as far as it. Now, who would you say is your target for, for your blog? As uh, generic as it may sound, it really is for the everybody. I think the goal of the blog is to teach folks how to make simple, upgraded, everyday eats to to your meals. So that could be something as small as, um, you know, making a little swap for a healthier ingredient. Um, maybe it's just finding an easier version of a recipe mm-hmm. that you already like because we, you know, we aren't skilled chefs, we aren't trained chefs, and uh, we we are certainly busy as well. And so that I really our target audience is, is for anybody who just wants to learn how to cook great food and uh, get a healthier spin on it. Well, I think there's a lot of people out there who definitely will benefit from that. <laughs> we so. hope so. <laughs> What would you say are some of your favorite recipes on the blog? The granola bars, the grown-up granola bars. I eat for snack every single day, 3 p.m. Grown-up granola bar goes in my mouth. So that's probably my favorite. Yeah, gosh, I think it changes week to week. I grew up eating key lime pie, and so we've got these mini key lime charts. That's one of my favorites, but I also am just such a savory savory food lover. So anything that's savory on the site would probably, if I could put all my popcorn recipes on the site, it would be, that would be my favorite recipe. (laughs) Popcorn fiend. Yeah. That is one of my favorite snacks as well. Well, if you don't mind sharing the grown up granola bars, key lime pie, and the other favorite recipes that you have, I'll include them in our show notes. So our listeners can head on over to check out some of these favorites. We can definitely do that. Absolutely. I'd be happy, happy to share those because I'm always all about sharing a good recipe with folks. Awesome. Thank you. So what else do you guys have uh, that's working on in the future as far as plans for the blog? Other, and uh, I know you guys have a, another uh, project you're working on for like nine months or so. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to do any work, which is awesome. <laughs> Your work is already done. <laughs> yeah. My work is done, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's continuing that. I'm trying to compile things for um, that time when I won't be um, able to be posting quite as frequently. So I'm just trying to get as many recipes, as many ideas down um, so that that can kind of stay consistent and possibly some opportunities in the world of recipe development locally, but still, still working on that for me. Just keep showing up to work every day. <laughs> well, Stephen, I got to say, it's it's nice to meet uh, a dietitian because I've heard about you guys. You're like unicorns. 
You know, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of us. But you, you know what's weird is that I bet I have met close to 10 different dietitians. Yeah. yeah, it must be this region. Because um, yeah. we get a lot that go through our internship up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there are a couple just like in the Northern California and Northern Nevada area, which is funny because in Northern Nevada, there are not a lot of dietitians in general. So we've probably hit the bulk of them. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you are looking for my dietitians and unicorns, head up to Northern Nevada to find them. That's right. Yes. Yep. That's where we're up here. <laughs> <laughs> because we're joke. We're like, do you guys just all know each other? Like it's a fraternity. It's a very exclusive yeah. fraternity. Because um, the Dietetic Association, they um, the division, it's like the, the, I forget what the acronym is, but it's the men, uh, nutrition men or something, males in nutrition. But I always look at it and it always looks uh-huh. like nomad, it's like nomad or something or, or nomad, <laughs> no ma'am. And I'm always like, that always reminds me of married with children. They used to have the, the club. It's like the no ma'am club. No, yes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was making one of my, one of my friends because I think at one point he was like the president or chair or whatever they, they call them. And I was like, you are the president of no ma'am right now. Yes. <laughs> Get a t-shirt made for that. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny because at Fancy, our uh, national dietetic conference, you go and all the, um, like the subgroups have their own little tables and uh, booths at one of the days at Fancy. So you see like, I'm, I'm in, in very involved with one of the groups, nutrition entrepreneurs. And like, we have this like huge table and all this stuff. And then like the men have like, again, like the six of them are just like kind of chilling at the table there. Yeah. Just hanging out. At the yeah. Much. I don't think I've seen a guy. I know one presented a couple years ago, but I, I don't think I've seen one guy dietitian, dietitian at a conference for years. And I even went to the Today's Dietitian in Vegas a couple years ago, and it was all ladies. Yeah. All ladies. Um, Were you the token male in your internship class, Stephen? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think for two more cycles, when I was precepting at the diabetes camp, they were all six or seven spots. They were at six still in the beginning um, were girls. So... <laughs> I was wondering if they were like purposely sending you like the mail in that group to be like, here, here's, there, there's another one of you. Another one. Yeah. Yes. Take them under your wing. <laughs> do you ever find that there's, do you find that there's different expectations for, for men as dietitians versus, versus women? I don't think so. I, I mean, I haven't really sat down and thought about that much. Um, but I mean, thinking about, I work with, with three women I think we all have the same expectation just to, you know, help our parent, parents, patients as much as we can. So, um, yeah, I haven't noticed that like anything weird, I guess you could say. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't know if there's like, like what the, what the perceptions are. People think something differently of, of the, the males versus the, the females. I'm always curious. I, I've had a couple patients that like were scheduled to see me and they were like, Oh, I didn't realize I was a guy. Well, yeah, his name's Steven. Um, <laughs> And so they they refused to to see me, which I don't. I mean, that's fine if you're more comfortable talking to a female. That doesn't bother me at all. Um, but I think I would say that's probably the only only weird thing. I thought it was going to be a lot weirder because my first job out of my internship was at WIC. Mm-hmm. I talked. I was talking to one of my preceptors because I'd already been hired, and I said, "Is this going to be weird for pregnant ladies?" And she just reminded me that most of their OBs are men, mm-hmm. and so. Um, it's not going to be weird unless you make it weird. So I didn't make it weird. 
<laughs> cool. I think uh, to be honest, the only profession where I think I get very weirded out where it's a predominantly female role and it's a male involved is manicurist. I, I just, I can't, oh, oh, right. I can't, it, it, it freaks me out if like a dude is, is doing the, the nails. And, and I think for the most part, most of the salons I go to don't, but like, I, I think I was scarred years ago in college. I went to some like local nail salon in, in, in middle Pennsylvania and the, the dude who was wound up doing my nails, he had these like claws, like a dude, <laughs> like claws, not, not like acrylics or anything. Like they were his natural nails. And I think oh. I was so grossed out from that. I'm like, I never, ever want a dude to ever do yeah. my nails. Oh, Definitely not intense. my feet. So that's the only profession where I think I am a little bit biased. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then last question I'm going to ask you guys, and that is involved in, um, obviously you guys have your own little rhythm going for, for the two of you. Now, as far as raising, you know, your, your son right now and, and with another one on the way, how do you guys try to, um, I think number one, um, were there certain expectations that you had as far as like, oh, well, we're never going to do this, or my kid's never going to eat this, or my kid's only going to eat this, or I'm going to make everything from scratch. And, you know, what wound up becoming the reality? You know, I think personally, for me, it started even before our baby was born. Because as a dietitian, I thought, I'm going to eat so perfectly during this pregnancy, this baby is going to get nothing but the best food I put on 65 pounds uh, with with this first pregnancy. I was so sick all the time. And the only thing to get rid of my morning sickness or all day sickness was to eat. And so I think that was kind of a humbling experience for myself in that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a dietitian, it doesn't matter who you are. Not only was I consuming a lot of food, I was eating like a frat guy. So it was the Flaming Hot Cheetos. It was salsa con queso. It was anything delicious and, you yeah. know, junk foody that I could yeah. get my hands Healthy on. Healthy foods for the first, like, 20 weeks. Yeah. Made her nauseous. But, mm. but, but in and out milkshakes rock. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And animal fries and yeah. the burger. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that actually was a really good way to kind of start off because it, it humbled me a bit. And even once I started eating a little bit better, I, it gave me that sense of, okay, we have to be realistic here. Yeah. I'm hoping to breastfeed for, you know, at least a year. And then, you know, when we start introducing foods, I do want to give the the best, you know, most nutritious foods I can, but it's being totally okay with those days where you have to shove, you know, some uh, food pouches or whatever mm-hmm. snacks you have on hand at, at your kid because you haven't slept or it's been a crazy day or you haven't had time to cook. And so I think that that's really important is that the, there's no perfection just as with adults, you know, you don't want to create this idea that, that food needs to be perfected mm-hmm. or your nutrition needs to be perfected. So, yeah, I think that was, that was that for me. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely didn't have any expectations it was just, you know, he's just going to, I guess, we'll figure out how to feed him. I didn't really know what was going to gonna happen. And I just knew we were going to wait until he was at least six months old to give him solid food. I guess that would be my only expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Elise was making a ton of his food and trying it. And now he just eats what we eat, obviously in smaller portions but, um, and smaller bites. That was, I'd say that, that was my only expectation is we're going to wait until he's six months old to give him solid food. Is it, and is he a good eater? Oh, he's a phenomenal he's eater. He's a champ. He has not met a food he does not like. 
although he doesn't trust us when we want to give him like a food even that he's had. We're like, no, bud, you like this. And he, he just kind of looks at it and plays with it. So sometimes you just have to get a little taste on his lips. And then he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I, I know what this is. I'll eat it. Thank you. So he still he still thinks that we're sketchy and um, are going to poison him or something. But. <laughs> Healthy skepticism. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully he keeps that for the rest of his life. Yeah. Well, hopefully he, he gets over it by the time he's like 18 and, and moves out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, Stephen and Elise, I thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I think you guys had some really, really awesome information that a lot of couples can really take away. And I think you guys gave really good, just solid, realistic advice for folks that, you know, I, I think you really emphasize that. It's so that the, you emphasize the imperfection, and I, I really love that. Dietitians can have hamburgers too, and yeah. hamburger cake, and hamburger cake, <laughs> hamburger cake. Gosh, you're yes. giving this pregnant woman so many food cravings. <laughs> <laughs> I know where we're going for dinner. <laughs> the hamburger cake store. <laughs> yeah, thank you for uh, for having us. We yeah, this it. is a blast. Absolutely. Well, for people who want to keep up with what is happening over at Compton's Kitchen. Can you tell us where people can find you? Yeah. So the most direct route is actually through Instagram. Our handle is straight out of Comston oh, Kitchen. And that is where we do daily posts. Um, we try and get recipes up on the blog, which is www.straightoutofcomstonkitchen.com. About once a week, of course, sometimes that takes a little bit longer. But there's, a, like I said, the daily recipe or food inspo on the Instagram um, every day. And then you can also find us on Facebook if anybody still hangs out there as well. Grown-ups do. You guys are parents. <laughs> parents hang out on Facebook. Oh, I totally do too. I just feel like this the younger generation is like, oh, Facebook. <laughs> Nobody no, uses Facebook no. anymore. Nobody so. cool uses Facebook. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> under the age of or over the age of, I don't know, 20. Who knows? Well, I think, you know, it's definitely different if you're running a business as well, yes. because that is actually the number one place people go to. Yep. I think second to somebody's website is is their Facebook page. So That's still the yes. largest social network. Yeah. So, yeah. It's nuts. Who, who cares what teenagers think? Yeah. Say, yeah. What do they what know? Do they How are they going to influence the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, to make it easy for folks, I will include links to all of your socials in the show notes as well for some easy clicks, along with some delicious recipes that you guys will share from some of your favorites over on the blog. And um, we'll get some daily inspo. Chaco's going to come home and he's going to be like, can you make this? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're going to want those granola bars for sure. All right. <laughs> All right. It, well, you're a big granola bar fan. I do. I like granola Well, they're a good snack in the middle of the day, you know. When, you know yeah. So. And they're Stephen approved. Right. Okay. Oh so gosh. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. I'm going in blind. <laughs> I always joke that that's what sealed the deal for him is when I started making them for him because he was bringing them to work every day. And so I think once that kind of got into to routine, he's like, all right, we can do this. <laughs> this needs to happen for the rest of my life. I am signing on for this. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you did it for the granola bar because it sounds like it's worked out really well for you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has. It has. Definitely. And it sounds like you guys have a lot more great things to come your way. So I Thank wish you guys you. so much luck with everything. Good luck with pregnancy number two, Elise. Thank you. Thanks so much. And good luck with pregnancy number two for you as well, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. I work really hard. Um, it sounds like you're going to have your, biz your hands pretty full. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. This other kid is crazy. So. And I look forward to keeping up with you guys over on Instagram and checking out more your your posts and your backstories and all the good things that you guys have going on and what you have to come. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Same here. Wow, what a fun couple. Thanks again so much, Stephen and Elise, for joining us. If you don't follow them on Instagram at Straight Out of Compton Kitchen, you need to follow them. They give such great advice and just really quick meals. You heard them talk about their foraging in the kitchen. So they've really, really started highlighting that on their Instagram. And it's a lot of fun. So definitely go check them out. We'll be posting the favorite recipes that were discussed as well as this social info for Stephen and Elise in the show notes. So head on over to check those out. And while Stephen and Elise, mostly Elise, is patiently waiting for their new one to arrive, maybe it might happen when this episode releases and uh, so will their baby. If you'd like to connect with Stephen and Elise, head on over to our Facebook group, the Nutrition Nuptials Podcast VIP After Party, where you can chat and ask questions with our guests, Stephen and Elise. And for more ways to learn on how you can merge lifestyles as a couple, head on over to nutritionnuptials.com for tips, recipes, fitness, meal plans, and more goodies. If you'd like to connect on social media, head on over to Instagram and follow at nutrition underscore nuptials. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, we are looking for couples to feature on our Instagram. So if you have a cool exercise that you like to share that you do as a couple, you just have a, a great story, you want to share a favorite meal, we want to hear from you. And we can also connect over on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. And you can find me there at Mandy Enright RD. We love our listeners and all the rave reviews of the show that they've been giving us. So if you can please take a moment, head on over to iTunes or your preferred podcast listening channel of choice and give the show a rating and leave a little review. We really, really appreciate any love you can give to the show. And then if Taco were here, he'd be like, yep, give us five, 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 five. And if you'd like to support the show with some added benefits, head to patreon.com slash and become a show patron for discounts, giveaways, special episodes, and more. I actually have posted from last week's episode, episode 11, a little outtakes blooper reel. It was our first show back recording in quite a few weeks, and I was a little rusty. So there are some serious bloopers that you can listen to and chuckle. And I posted that up there for free. So even if you're not currently a patron, you can go check it out and see what Patreon's all about. I hope you enjoyed our double date with Stephen and Elise Comston, and you'll be following us along with our upcoming adventures that we have uh, coming up on the show. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and learning a little bit more about how to live your happily, healthfully ever after. And then if Taco were here, he'd say, adios, amigos.